Come one, come all to the After Dark Podcast. The podcast in which Sheriff Anthony does his best to wrangle Conrad through Westworld, one doggone episode at a time. So kick back and grab yourself some Apple Jack, or some Adam's Ale if that's your preferred poison, and get ready for these two wannabe cowboys to ramble the night away. Music was provided by the fantastic Nancy White and Jared Iscariot. Enjoy the show! Hello, and welcome to the After Dark Podcast. My name is Anthony James, and that there is Conrad. How are you, Conrad? Hello! I'm very well, thank you. It's Friday night, as Emma Black once, once sang. Rebecca Black. Uh, <laughs> Oh, Rebecca Black. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, Fuck. You've shown uh, yourself to be a fool there, Conrad. You don't even know who uh, Rebecca like, Black is. <laughs> you don't I, know the I mean, I was, t- I, was, I was too old for that meme when it was relevant. <laughs> I'm certainly too old for it now. Um, but yes, it's uh, we're recording this on a Friday, and I'm feeling fine. Feeling fine. Rebecca Black, feeling yeah. fine. Uh, well, sad news, Conrad. Uh, speaking of music, Meatloaf has passed away now. I don't know if you were aware, uh, aware of this, but meatloaf was like a huge part of my teenage years. There was a time, you know, you know, when your teenage years when you like discover music for the first time. Well, yeah. well, my discovery yeah. of music was just listening to meatloaf for a whole year and only meatloaf. Um, oh wow, that's a commitment to commitment to the loaf. Yeah, I'm gonna say there. Yeah, it was a, um, just many many a, a rainy Irish night throwing darts in the garage listening to meatloaf. Yeah, so pl- I've got I lots of that lovely. Also, Rocky Horror Picture Show. I saw that far too young, but you know we've talked about that before. He was fantastic. I think in that's that. true of a lot of people. Yeah, I um I I actually I'd never listened to a full album to uh up until today, and I oh, went really? and listen when I heard the news. I went and listened to Bat Out of Hell. It's a good album. It's a good album. Bad Out of Hell 2 is, <laughs> is my jam. But, yeah, that's a good one. Well, I, I know of the, the, the big songs on that one. Yeah. That's got a couple of great ones. But, I mean, it's a bold man that starts his debut album with a 10-minute song. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, a, that's what I like to call a statement song on Bad Out of Hell. Just like, why don't we open with a little bit of a mood setting? Yeah. <laughs> Meatloaf is not a man who did things by half. He was He's no. a great fella. He had a whale, whale of a voice. I, I absolutely loved him. So rest in peace, uh, Meatloaf. Yeah. Um, Objects in the rear view mirror may appear closer than they are. You said ten minute song. That was a cracker. That is a really, <laughs> you th- yeah. yeah. Like you think I'd do anything for love is like a really long sort of slow ballad. Objects in the rear view mirror may appear closer than they are is <laughs> chef's kiss. <laughs> yeah. Go and listen to that one. Um, yeah. Many a many a triple twenty was hit on that. But all right, guys. So this week we're on uh, episode six, season three of Westworld. Yep. And we are going to be uh, discussing it, tearing it apart. Um, I actually quite enjoyed this episode, Conrad. I don't know about you, but I actually like the tension in this one. Uh, mm, yeah, there's definitely good stuff in it. There's definitely good stuff in it. I didn't dislike it. Um, I, I've got a couple of issues. Um, didn't say there but, any, um, didn't say there weren't any issues, Conrad. Let's, <laughs> let's not have a repeat of the best movie podcast ever here. We're not going <laughs> to. Yeah, as as we all know, I am a glass half empty kind of kind of man. Like if I. I'm, I always lead with the problems I have with something for fear of coming across as too enthusiastic. Yeah, I'm the compl- um, so I'm the complete I... opposite of that. I'm I, yeah. I I would say I'm a glass half full kind of person, but I actually think I I like to try I like you know like if the glass is half full or half empty, whatever it's it's got fifty percent liquid in it. If you hold yeah. it up higher than your eye line, mm. it looks eighty percent full, and that's the type of guy I am. <laughs> if I see a half full glass, I will lift it up so it looks eighty percent full, and that's what I am yeah. like. 
So yeah, uh, appreciate appreciate the good things in the life, guys. Um, and you know that'll do us for this week. But uh, all right, Conrad. First, let's get into this. So we're doing um, episode six. We start off in um, Maeve's sort of dreamland, according to Serac. Yep. Um, yeah. And he sort of talks about like you know the idea that you know needs to help him get, get rid of Dolores. Yeah. She wants a bit of help. Is it? This is the first time we've seen this, right? This this um this simulated version of the uh, paradise that all the hosts yeah, went yeah, to. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah, it's kind of like a mimic version of it, isn't it? See, how how does he know about it? Um, he knows everything. I guess he's got. I guess he's got Maeve, so technically he could get her memories, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Actually, maybe that's it. He's just reading the code. Um, but that was like my first thought was like, aren't these people on Saturn now? Like, hasn't every every trace of it, the whole point of this is it, like every trace of it has been lost, so these hosts can live in peace away from humans. But yeah, I guess, yeah. I guess Maeve is like the weak link in that. I think, yeah, I think it's just I think Serac is meant to just be the embodiment of he knows everything because of her hoborn yeah he definitely does in this episode there's a lot of things where it's like and i I'm, this isn't a criticism because it's just it like there's a lot of like kind of narrative shorthand mm-hmm. but there's a lot of things that he just knows and it's conceivable that he would eventually find them out because you know he could check the the delos files or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. but there's been none of that nothing showing that he knows these things it's just like i know this thing that you did in season one <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah 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 he just knows everything uh but you yeah. know what He's, that's that's what he's like. He's come up from from the hard torn streets of France, and he's he's yeah. he's well. I mean, I mean, they definitely were hard torn. They were, they, yeah. They were obliterated. Yeah, actually, it was very uh, yeah. So and on fire, and there was a lot of fire in this episode at the end, which we'll talk about when the, yes. we get there. But okay, so the three main storylines here were Maeve's um, one, then we had okay. um, Williams one, and we also had um, who's the other one? Charlotte. Charlotte. Charlotte yeah, and actually Charlotte. Huh. I said I said it with a German accent. Sh- Charlotte reason, and yeah, yeah, Sh- <laughs> Charlotte Doppler. Uh, no, but Charlotte is. I think Charlotte this season will Charlotte Dolores. You know, uh, yeah. she she's she's one of my favorite characters of this this season. I like the way that she's sort of it, it, grabbing onto Charlotte Hale's life. And there's even a few comments from Serac about uh, Charlotte uh, is actually a, she's a better Charlotte than or she she loves yeah. her family more than the other Charlotte. Um, what did you think? Like so. Uh, it's not goodbye for the character, but it's definitely a shift after this episode. I would say. Yeah, so there's, there's, this is the one I think that I had, <clears throat> that I think that had the highest highs and the lowest lows in this episode for me. I think there's some really cool stuff in there for Charlotte. Um, I enjoyed like the escape sequence once she's once she's found out. Uh-huh. Um, I, the one thing I wasn't really sure about, and I I, I will uh, lead off with uh, this by admitting maybe I've just forgotten this happening. But so she is eventually <clears throat> she's given the job the task of rooting out the host the undercover Dolores right. in Delos or Insight or I, I guess the, like the implication is he wants her to look specifically in Delos because mm-hmm. why would she look at Insight the other companies? But um, she needs to root out the host by um, by Ingelbert Humperdinck and um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, eventually is revealed that he knew it was her the whole time and. Um, his reasoning for finding her out is essentially that she has too close a relationship with Charlotte's son and her ex, and that the real Charlotte would have never done that. Um, Which is nonsense because the whole world's in chaos now. Yes, there's that. But the 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 thing that I wasn't sure about, and and that like I felt very skeptical about when when that was revealed, is that 
I think we've the only time we've seen Charlotte interact with them is when she first met the son in the episode, probably two or three episodes ago, and then murdered a paedophile in a playground. I think that's the only other time her son has been in this sh- this entire show. Yeah, she also well, she also read him a book and sang him a song. The very remember the very uh... at the end of that episode, I guess she did. Yeah, she she yeah. she sang him the um sang him the song. I don't know. Mm. It just didn't it didn't ring true to me that she's had she's had the time to build up this relation it felt it felt undercooked that relationship yeah. between charlotte and her and her, and her son i could see that it wasn't um, given as much screen time as it should have been um yeah there has been other stuff going on with other characters though so you know it could have happened off screen but yeah you don't have the same you don't have the same sort of build up in terms of our viewing of it yeah. so it did maybe it rings a little hollow I personally think that um, Tess Thompson's doing a great job of the performance, so I, I, yeah, I sort of I sort of went along with it. You know, I I know what you mean, but compared to some other stuff in the show, I was I wasn't hating that. But I know I know what you mean no. that it maybe does ring a little hollow uh, in terms of like the screen time lacking. Um, yeah, but you're right. Tessa Thompson is doing a great job with it. Um, I think I think uh, the what happens to her at the end of this episode is the culmination of um, a really really like well paced character. Um, character arc and um, mm-hmm. like the kind of lingering shot on her at the end of this episode is horrific and kind of and just great as well. It's it's like there's, a, there's so much emotion uh, in her in her horrifically burned up face. Oh uh, yeah, at the end and of this the tear. Episode. Do you think that was a real tear or do you think that was a CG? I I'm, I'm gonna say I'm it judging. was a real tear. Yeah, we'll not, ju- we'll not judge real... her for a CG tear, but we'll say it's a real tear. We'll just go with it. I think I think she did it. I think she could. She has the. She has the pa- the prowess to summon a tear at will. Queen of Valkyrie. Um, the, the... No, it's Queen of Valkyrie. Queen of uh, New uh, whatever it's called. Uh, new Asgard. Asgard. That's is that what it, you're yeah. talking new about? Asgard, yeah. yeah, she's, yeah, she's um, she is a Valkyrie. Um, so um, the, the the two things that I really want to praise about the Charlotte storyline because there are there are a couple oh i call on uh, as i call it now i call her one face one oh yeah <laughs> yeah i guess that is yeah yeah she is she just has one horrifically burned it's not a coin it's just a ball that she throws in there yeah so <laughs> there's actually there's funny parallel oh, like obviously there's parallels between Maeve and charlotte in this episode like they're very clearly um drawing the parallels so the the narratives can kind of intertwine and both both lose someone in a pretty climactic moment and then have this kind of T-1000 in Terminator 2 moment where they emerge from either a burning wreckage or like liquid, like naked and ready to fuck some shit up, which I I did quite like. Um, But the the moments I really liked for her, the escape sequence is really exciting and really well shot, I thought. Loved seeing the big robot coming into play. It was always on the card. Chekhov's (laughs) robot came in, yeah. Um, it's it's so lazy, such lazy writing. Honestly, oh god, I, I, I like it. Obviously, I like it. I like the robot. But why yeah. does every single film and show have to be like, we want a big robot in it? Okay, let's pop it in the first episode, and we'll never mention it again. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Why is every show the same? Like, I, I understand the storytelling device. So we, you know, it's not a. They're they're so afraid of having or being accused of having a Deus Ex Machina. That they're yeah. like, we gotta show it first, so, so that you know they're so they're so afraid of it. It's been so. Uh, it's an interesting point because I'm pretty sure it's been said at some point that Delos has some military application. I think it was probably in the first season they were like, oh, the military are interested in the application of this. So there's there's you could definitely have like 
Charlotte walking into a warehouse full of, or like you know like a uh, you know an armory full of these robots and being like oh no I don't know how to pilot one of these things and then just sticking like the Matrix bit like where yeah, yeah. I need to le- learn how to fly a helicopter she just sticks her arm into a jack in the wall and it's like now I know how to pilot them because we've got all this you know these training modules in in Dallas's uh, databases you could have done something like that I didn't mind it too much though you know whatever whatever gets a big robot fight. <laughs> I'm fine. With I don't mind. I don't mind it. I just mean that, like, why has Hollywood not come up with a different way to foreshadow? You know, it's, yeah, it's like yeah, that's true. That is the that's the only way to foreshadow. It's you, like you're basically coming after the Chekhov estate here and being like, he's had his time. He's had his time. We need to figure out. Like, literally, James <laughs> Bond films literally have like a Chekhov segment. But it's it's not it's not it's not it's not C it's Q and he's literally like yeah. this is gonna pop up later this is gonna pop up later this is gonna pop up later off yeah. you go <laughs> you know yeah that, it just gets it all out of the way nice and early <laughs> that's that's what that's about um so one thing that didn't re- actually no that's not true this did work for me in the Charlotte and Maeve storyline but I think I'm a little I feel a little bit disappointed in myself for it, it, it working on me and that is Hector's seventh or eighth death in the series at this point well this is this um, this one seems to be for good although i will say yeah the nut the nut is gone um, i i as, uh, yeah okay I was, this, let me say this about the King, let me say this about the nut right the fruit within i yeah. <laughs> personally i like the aesthetic of the nut i talked to you about before mm. i like how the the machines in a really over dramatic way pick up the nuts and they you know yeah i like the design don't get me wrong i love the design but i don't actually if you ask me would i prefer would I prefer um, the robots or the, the hosts to have a physical thing that if it's destroyed, you're, they're gone or not? I would prefer not. I I, I kind of don't... I, I don't mind it, but I think I would prefer if, if they had designed the show in a way that there was like a natural backup or something. Like, I don't like that... I would, you know, I don't like that they are as fallible as a human. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, I know exactly what you mean. It's kind of, especially it, it feels a bit cheap, especially when they keep doing it and then keep bringing people back. You know the amount of times, and not specifically with the nut getting crushed yeah, yeah, or yeah. whatever, but but like there's only so many times you can kill a host and have like a big emotional send off for the host and then have them come back to life. Like literally, Dolores and Maeve have and Charlotte, in fact, although she was a human when it happened to her, but but they've all had these big like death sequences and Lee fucking Lee's in this episode as well. And you know, they just, and they're just like for all intents and purposes, those characters are back. I know Lee is, is in a simulation and he's, you know, he's not actually alive yeah, but yeah. from, from like a narrative perspective. He's, he's essentially there, you know, he's hanging out and cracking jokes with Maeve in the simulation. So it, it yeah. just, so it, them introducing this like shorthand for, Oh no, this thing's been destroyed. We're going to have a really emotional death sequence. It's kind of like, it doesn't really make that much sense because they're robots, yeah. like, so there'd be a backup. Maybe and that's it's why kind of feels Conrad. a bit cheap. Maybe that's why Conrad, I, 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 I don't, I'm not fully on board with it because it feels like having your cake and eating it too. Like yeah, the idea yeah, yeah. of being able to bring them back and back and back again is fine. That's one idea, but then the idea of having the fallible nut that can be crushed as well. It's like yeah. in my mind, it's like one or the other. You know, you, you got yeah, you know you, absolutely so. They've, they've established mm-hmm. them coming back so much, and now Hector's had his nut crushed. I think it's the first nut we've seen crushed. So maybe, yeah, I se- think so. Maybe in season four we'll see a shift away from the backups coming back and back and back. So maybe th- there'll just be another nut. There'll be a- maybe we'll find another Hector nut, yeah. and it'll be like, oh, Hector, I've missed you. And they'll be in, I don't know. 
I found an old build. I found an old build. Uh... <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, that's the classic storyline. Yeah. She brings Hector back, but he has no memory of their love. It's like well, a They already did that this from... season, kind of, didn't they? They did do that already. <laughs> Although it wasn't really old memories. It was like a new character kind of thing they yeah. put into him. Yeah. But, uh, and then she... I'll, I'll tell you who's not coming back, and that is Maeve's, uh, or that is Charlotte's, rather, uh, son and ex. They are, I think, very dead at the oh, end of this episode. Very dead. Although, who knows? Maybe Charlotte created a red nut of them, like uh, like oh, Barnold's maybe. nut, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. but who knows with these nuts? This nut, the nut technology is is yeah. at the forefront of design. But what else? I'm, go- I'm going bloody nuts talking about all these. Yeah, one more thing about the nuts before we move off the nuts. Um, okay. I'll just say this. Um, I, I, I think that the explanation as to why Maeve could bring Hector's memories back was a bit lazy. Um, yep. So, <laughs> just, so, just a literal hand wave almost. Well, yes, but the, you know, but did you, did you catch the line, Conrad, that they tried to justify why she couldn't just do that the first time? The line, um, the line was she could, she's like, I can see where you are out there now so now I can bring you back in here. So she's like, the idea that she could kind of sense or see the room that they were all getting made in like yeah. she was like she literally the line was or something almost to the point to, to exact the word was i can see you there so i can bring you back here or something like that i was like how does that make any sense I do, you can, yeah like, i do vaguely remember that and it, and it was it's was definitely one of those moments and westworld does have these occasionally where it's just like okay fine i'll let you get away with that but it's not very good what you've just done, <laughs> done there. like I, I i do not i do not get it uh, uh that was a very yeah. strange thing but anyway yeah so Maeve is doing what she's doing she's back yeah, better than ever, and she is going to. <laughs> she she doesn't have any. She wanted friends, but now she's really, like they've turned what, uh, could have been uh, an interesting, uh, you know, storyline of Maeve actually coming getting onto the side of Serac and buying into his thing, and now they've yeah, just they've just yeah. turned it into she's gonna wants to kill Dolores because Hector's dead. Yeah, it, I think that's that's kind of where I and they left it late in the season. They've, they've yeah, waited till three episodes to go just to say she's gonna she wants to kill you because you killed her boyfriend. Like, yeah, and it, and it's an oversimplification of what could have been a really interesting storyline, I think, because I understand why they did it. But Serac is clearly a villain mm-hmm. in this. There's no they they've kind of shifted him away from having some some interesting ideas and just being villainous about the way he goes about achieving them to someone who's just a bad guy and in doing that they've had to shift Maeve away from as you say allying with him and give her a more kind of personal motivation for what she wants to do which is avenging Hector which I get but I I feel like there's a much more interesting kind of thematic um, clash they can have there with you know Dolores's uh, you know the fate of all the fate of all the hosts uh, is like rests in my hands versus Maeve's more personal like uh, I don't know freedom of hope. I mean it's not really freedom that she's after, but but you know she's she's more about letting the hosts do what they want to do and and kind of live free of humans. Um, yeah, she, it is a bit it is a bit lazy in my opinion. I, I think it I think like it's like okay, how do we get Maeve to fight for the bad guys? How you know? How do we make her appear not as a bad guy, even though she's kind of yeah. on that side? Let's have her have have to rev- to 
avenge someone. It's like it's yeah. it's it's. And the thing is, Conrad, it's if this was what she was like at the start of the season, this happened, and then like she was slowly uh, being more indoctrinated by Serac and stuff, that would have been okay. But like, it's literally they're like, okay, we've got three episodes to go in this season. Yeah, we, we've got to have her want to kill Dolores. Let's, yeah. you know, Serac's not doing the job. It's like the writers, the writers like disappointed in the character of Serac. Like, you're not doing the job here, mate. Let's just kill Hector. <laughs> yeah, we gotta. I mean, they probably started the season. This is maybe a bit disingenuous of me, but I, I feel like they probably started the season with the idea of Maeve and Dolores being the the big fight at the end. Oh, of course. And, um, no, no, of course, of course. Of and course. then worked backwards from there. I, I will say, actually, speaking of Maeve fights, one of the things I really didn't like about this, and it's not they don't spend a long time on it, but her just like randomly killing Nazis in War World yes. as a form of like just just exercise. Like, what are you doing? Like, what is the point of this? This is always just, like, happy that Nazis scene. are being killed. Is what I'll just say. I mean, yeah, that's but, that's but true. we can all like, we can all imagine that. Like, we don't like with this a huge multi million dollar budget. We don't just need to be yeah. like it's it's actually quite good because she's killing Nazis and they were bad. Yeah, they were bad. But it's just it's just an action scene for the sake of an action scene. Like there's no reason to have that. They paid just, all the extras. You know, they may as well just do one more. Yeah, know? exactly. Yeah, they they they've got. Look, it takes a long time to do Maeve with that hair. Right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Tandy Wayne Newton, she was in makeup for a long time to get ready for War World. So they filmed a couple of extra fight sequences just to sprinkle them in in the edit, and they used one here for some reason. It's funny, like when I watched this the first time, I like or rewatching it this time after they finished War World a few episodes ago, I was like. Hang on, there was more than War World of than that. I, I was like, hang on, that seems so short. I remember seeing more yeah. War World, and then lo and behold, we go back for no reason. Like I don't, I don't really understand why she was in War World. Why did she no. have to go and find her friends in the program? I yeah, don't. I, I don't. Yeah, it's just it's just a way of tarting up the action and the narrative. I think in the same way that you know they used the uh, i can't remember the name of it now genre in the previous episode to 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 make a car chase more exciting by giving it another layer of stylization that's all that is i mean she'll probably go to bloody raj world next week or (laughs) or something you know we'll we'll revisit the raj like think about what this show was in the first season and now Mm. we've just got a season of television which is all designed around two women fighting at the end like okay like you know there is some still some kind of interesting stuff going on in terms yeah. of like you know, the 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 sort of humanity on the tracks that's been like now dislodged into craziness, and you know I think season four might be interesting, but we are a fire far cry from the from the from the quality of the first season here. Let's be honest. Yeah, I, I just the, the first season felt very singular in what it was trying to achieve, and although some of the writing, um, particularly around like the Man in Black's pursuit of the weird um, maze thing felt a bit like it didn't actually know what it was saying mm-hmm. and it was um you know just kind of salvaged in the final few episodes for the most part it was all very singular felt very focused and this is just kind of this whole season there's been some great stuff in this season and the stylistic stuff that's good is really good but it is kind of all over the place this season i think yeah it's yeah exactly it's america's got talent syndrome they spent yeah. they spent five six years writing the first season and then they just were like, hey, that's great. Make us another one. Three months to write it. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? We need to get Ed Harris on the phone now. Yeah. Um, it's like, I always laugh at uh, like those talent shows when there's like someone comes out and does a trapeze act. 
and everyone's like, oh my <laughs> god, golden buzzer, <laughs> golden buzzer, and you've got like, you know, look at the stars, you know, all the music, yeah. the music's going, and then and then next round, they're literally, <laughs> they're literally in the ep- in the next round episode for thirty seconds, just like Simon Carr going, it's just not good the second time, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's still just a big swing in stick, yeah. ultimately, yeah, I mean, exactly, like, I just love it. I was wrong to put it, yeah, like <laughs> it's exactly true. Right. Okay. Um. So. This uh, last one, then, we're talking about uh, therapy. Therapy with Mr. William. Uh, yeah. Well, therapy with, the lo- with, with many Williams, we'll say. Mm. I yes. will jump right ahead of you, Conrad, in, in not Go very uh, traditional fashion of this podcast, but I will jump right ahead of you. And I did not like the fact that William was has apparently been a psychopath since he was a child. Yeah. I, I think mm, that yeah. is very... Uh, it, it destroys the character development from season one. I don't know what yes. they're doing. So there's two things I hate about that character development. I, I don't often say I hate things, but I, I really did hate that. The first is that the hastily constructed, his dad was an abusive alcoholic backstory um, as a tool for kind of explaining what his character, his character's kind of psychosis. so many cliches in this episode. Yeah, that on its own is a cliche. And then the fucking gall of them ha- them writing Jim Delos to <laughs> lampshade it and say, "Oh, this isn't an excuse for anything." It's like you, that you can't write a bad cliched backstory and then have another character say, "This is a bad cliched backstory." Yeah. And it, like that doesn't make the bad cliched backstory better. It just draws attention to it. Remember like, the mystery, oh. the mystery and the intrigue yeah. in this character in season one, and now we are told that he's like basically just a psychopath who yeah. has always been a psychopath. Um, like I, I don't know about you, Conrad, but even the way they put across was pretty weird. Like. Okay, I understand being annoyed at your child for going over the top and beating the hell out of someone who was mean to them. You know, you should teach your children to stand up for themselves. But if they go over the top and then like get to the point where they're the aggressor, okay, then there's a conversation to be had there. Is it yeah. enough for you to say that child is a psychopath? Yeah, I, I, I just yeah. So I mean, that's the other thing as well. Is it, it, it's. I don't think it really adds anything to the character. I think it's not delivered or explored very well in this episode. I, and and the, I think the most frustrating thing about it is it actually comes in a really interesting uh, kind of setting for, mm-hmm. for William. Like that that moment when... Uh, first off, the one thing I'll say is this is called augmented reality. It's an AR session. It's clearly virtual reality. This is not augmented anything. This is yeah. complete. This is the most like high fidelity virtual reality I've ever seen. That that <laughs> like, uh, what you've just said, Conrad, explains the writing of this season completely to me. They don't even know yeah. what they're talking about. I when he said AR, I was like, oh okay, so he's gonna have like some, some kind of overlays on you know the real world that that are gonna. He was strapped to a chair the whole time he was strapped to a chair and he was wandering round in his own mind as he explored a completely different room it's, it's augmented reality it's augmented it's nothing augmented about that um <laughs> it's not it's not uh, ro- like, it's not mario running across it's not augmented yeah, at all yeah, it's, it's like you know he's not playing fucking pokemon go on those glasses <laughs> i love it imagine, um, imagine that it was like the circle around and then you just had like raichu sitting there yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Just yeah, a, a coughing turns up. Yeah. Um. So, but the setup is really cool. Like him sitting in a room. It's a very like kind of. It's gonna sound all like arty farty, but a very kind of like Samuel Beckett style idea of sitting in this room with 
the kind of ghosts of your past yeah. um, and them having a kind of character assassination of you as you try to figure out at what point in your life it went off the rails. I think it, that's like a stage play. It's a really cool idea. And I think the setup for it is really is great in terms of characterization as well because the fact that Jim Delos is there, I know the, the right, I'm maybe giving the writing more credit than it deserves here, but the fact that Jim Delos is there kind of implies that other people who are important to him other than other versions of himself could have been included but the fact it's just jim delos and then five versions of himself really confirms william's narcissism which i'm like yeah that that makes sense like his wife isn't there his daughter isn't there his son isn't there (laughs) or um not no wait hold on was logan logan was jim delos's son yeah yeah yeah. Uh, yeah. but logan's not there it's it's just jim and then five different versions of himself (laughs) which sounds about right but so that setup is really cool and i think some of the conversations they have are really interesting as well i even don't mind the sort of hyper violent ending to it as he kind of um you know tries to exercise the demons but it as you say exercise the demons (laughs) (laughs) but but it's just it's so they they couldn't resist trying to wrap it up in a neat little bow (laughs) rather than just being like let's give the man in black 15 minutes to have a conversation with himself where they talk about you know the nature of fate and how much choice did you really have because that's the whole thing about this the the, the big yep. theme of this season is you know how much do we choose our own paths how much is it set before we you know are even born mm-hmm. i totally get what they're going for and they totally could have done it but instead it's just like his father was a bit abusive and alcoholic and he was a psychopath from as a baby so you know <laughs> just he realized he has to lean into that uh, yeah. And then, like again, more self-referential, like the writers being self-referential as well in terms of the Jimmy Simpson version, who's um, saying stuff like uh, "I was the best of you" and like that might yeah. have been true, or, or like or like even saying um, whenever like they they clearly showed that he's been this like crazy guy, psychopath, whatever you want to say, from a young age. Uh, it then shows Jimmy Simpson. He goes, "So I really had no choice. I was always going to end up as like you." It's like, yeah. why are you having the actor who like, played such someone, a fantastic someone, character in the f- battering you over the head yeah. with the <laughs> with the characterization? Like, they, they made him put the nail in the coffin of his own character. You know, because yeah. uh, his character wasn't like that as well. No. Also, I will say, just lovely to see Jimmy Simpson back. Right. Lovely, absolutely yeah. lovely to see him back. Um, but uh, but yeah, like it's a it's a real shame to have. Some like you have Ed Harris and I don't actually know the name of the actor who plays Jim Delos, but he, he's he's good fun as well. Mm-hmm. And and Jimmy Simpson in the same room, and you could have such great conversation and dialogue between those guys. You could really really like get into that character. And instead, unfortunately, it's just like I never had a chance to begin with. I was always going to be this way, <laughs> and then and then he just beats them all to death, and that's the end. <laughs> and that's the end of it. That's which the end. Is, yep. Yeah. That's a real disappointment. Well, I mean, it's not quite the end because old uh, old B Dog turns up at the end. <laughs> Barnold himself, but Barnold, so, yeah, Barnold and uh, Ashley Stubbs uh, yeah. turn up. What? I, I, I obviously I do not know what's going on. <laughs> the, the answer must be in the next episode, but I just can't remember. I hope so. But I had the I... same reaction as if I was watching the first time. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Why are they there?" And if, yeah, and, I, if, I, and I, 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 knowing this show in third season, I wouldn't be surprised if the next episode they say that they came to get him, even though at the end of this episode they said. Oh, they must have left him here. What's going on? And yeah. it's acting as if they didn't expect to see him there. Yeah, it doesn't. I 
that ending, I was it's a very kind of like reverse Poochie in the Simpsons situation <laughs> yeah. where it's like we need to get him out of here somehow. <laughs> Who's free? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Barn- Barnold and Ashley are not haven't got a plot line anymore. Let's just stick them there. They they come to this clinic to I don't know try and find some records on like uh on the what's his face the insight ceo or so i i don't know like it's it's gonna be something hand it's it's, it's literally fe- actually it does literally feel like it's like the it's like the wwe raw after uh after a pay-per-view and the main guy's just <laughs> just finished his uh he's just finished his big uh big championship run and he's yeah. like who are we gonna have him fight the next night on raw and it's yeah. like it's like i don't know who's around in the locker room him yeah <laughs> out comes randy orton yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, okay barnold is the randy orton <laughs> like, yeah. he's always reliable but you're not that excited to see him yeah, to, be, yeah, <laughs> to exactly. be honest but he does hear voices in his head too so that's pretty good yeah um, that's true yeah yeah that is very true they do cancel him <laughs> yeah and he's always been a psychopath since a child that man so it's actually it's all working out here uh so there yeah. we go anyway that's westworld episode six we've only got two to go connor would you believe yeah, it's wrapping up. Um, season four it, coming I'm, out this year, though, so we'll see what that, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, I, I'm I, I am in I, I am enjoying it still. I, I it, it is the the good stuff in here is still really good. It's just a shame. It's just the writing is still just it's not there. Like yeah. uh, Lisa Joy and Jonathan Nolan just aren't very good at writing. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, well remember we in season one we were talking about apparently there was like a leak out saying that the editors saved season one like the editors yeah. like uh, like uh, all, the whole cast and crew and the writers and all whenever they finished filming season one they gave the stuff to the editors and they were like there we go let's go party and the editors were like yeah hang on a minute hang on a minute this doesn't make <laughs> yeah. any sense whatsoever <laughs> yeah they added to the editors and they're like boys get the coffee on we've got our work cut out <laughs> yeah. so um yeah so maybe that's maybe that is actually ringing true in these second second two seasons i don't know yeah they they just don't seem to be able to keep a consistent characterization going mm-hmm. for an entire season of television, never mind three or four. Um, but I mean, they are saved by by the big you know the big uh, set pieces and the stylistic stuff. Uh, there's definitely like a that I guess it's po- possibly partly them and partly like the sort of production design of yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, but it's. When it's good, it's still really good, Westworld, I will say. Oh, yeah. like And also, I thought, like, you know, Charlotte Hale, like, getting the jacket, you know, the really, like, sort of jacket ripped off, and then all of a sudden, she, like, she looked like she was there for a fight. Even, like, the yeah. the costume yeah. almost kind of looked like she was wearing armor, you know? And I just, yes. like, and I just, I, I, I thought she did a really good job in, like, the action scenes and that. And I actually am really interested to see where, now, in season four, I mean, like, there obviously is going to be a couple of stuff in the next couple of episodes, which I'm not going to tell you about, but in season four, even, I'm looking forward, and actually, that I might come across as a fool here, because I genuinely can't remember if Charlotte Hale survives this season or not. Um, okay. <laughs> so I'm kind of like a half and half, you know, first first time watching now. I remember what happens with the main characters, but Charlotte Hale is sort of, to me now, it's like, okay, she's been burnt. Um, we'll see what happens now, because I, I, I'm interested to see where it goes. It's almost like she's... Been- I, I'm... I, I'm more interested in the Charlotte Dolores Maeve clash mm. than the regular Dolores Maeve because Dolores hasn't really done the, the the real Dolores hasn't really done anything to Maeve. Whereas like this this episode, talking about the editing being good, there's that brilliant intercutting of um, uh, Charlotte crushing Hector's brain oh, yeah, nut. Yeah. And it like kind of dripping through her fingers, and then Maeve uh, kind of waking up out of the milk um, to to come after her, and it's just this real kind of 
um, heightening of the tension and sort of speeding up of the pace yeah. of the episode that, that, that really got me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can't be, I'll kind of be disappointed if it's now, I don't know, Charlotte's off doing something else now um, and it's going to be Dolores versus uh, Maeve instead. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll end it on this, Conrad. I've got one bone to pick. Well, have picked a Go lot on. of bones, but this is my little technical bone. You know how I, I sort of try to view things very technically. Now, when Hector, Hector's nut was taken out by uh, Charlotte, yeah he he didn't fall down then no <laughs> he didn't actually start to die or whatever you want to say till it was crushed now i want to know yeah. why does hector's nut have an have a wi-fi connection to this this uh simulation but as yeah. soon as you unplug the dolores one uh which was in collins she immediately goes what why yeah. is hector's nut have wi-fi capabilities here that's a good point doesn't, I don't, it doesn't make any mm, sense. They, no, it they wanted the shot of her that. crushing it for him and then he dies. Yeah. But it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's a, that is a good point. I don't think there's any justification for that. It's just another one of, another one of those things where it's like, don't worry about it. Don't yeah. worry about it. <laughs> well, it's, it's like, you know, the, the random access memory is actually in the housing of the nut. So he, yeah. he had a little bit of himself left. But then why would the, yeah. why would the ram then know that his nut was crushed? Yeah. If anything, he should just... I mean... If you if you want to get into the hardware specifics of this, there's probably no hardware operating on that nut at all. Yeah. So it's it's already it's already loaded Hector into memory in the simulation, so he should keep on running yeah, without yeah. problem. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Unless it's like you know constantly reauthenticating back to the nut to make sure that it's it's uh, staying true to the to the to the character. But very strange. I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna get into the networking possibilities of. Uh, but that's <laughs> the, my point, Conrad. I think nuts. we need to, but we'll leave it there yeah. for this week anyway. Uh, right, guys. Well, let us know any questions for us in the in the comments. Anything, anything like that. Uh, we're always happy to happy to hear them. Uh, and thanks very much for listening this week. We'll be back be back next week with episode seven, the penultimate episode. Uh, catch mm. us on the Culture Cave doing all sorts of other stuff, and we will see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>